Well, hello, everyone. I want to welcome everyone to the to the latest HR Tech Chat episode. And we have a very interesting episode today. Uh, we have uh, two folks from iSIMS with us to discuss their 2021 class, the class of 2021 report, uh, which looks at uh, some of the uh, job seeking behaviors and attitudes of, of, um, of young people who are just graduating from college this year, uh, which was actually last month, not this month, I believe, because we're already in June. So I wanna welcome Rhea Moss, who is iSIM's Director of Data Insights and Customer Intelligence, and also Nicole Tucker, Manager of Talent Acquisition at iSIMS. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, this is going to be a super interesting conversation. We had we talked a little bit about this a um, couple of weeks ago before the uh, the melee of um, of Memorial Day weekend and the official uh, commencement of uh, of summer. And I didn't mean I no pun intended there. We're talking about the class of 2021. That pun was definitely not intended. But <laughs> commencement ceremonies, you know, have the uh, the newest latest um, college grads looking for jobs and. Um, and you have a report here that's uh, drawing on ISIM's considerable amount of data, um, just looking what their what their attitudes are, whether what are their behaviors probably going to be. Rhea, um, let's start with you. Uh, we were talking about expectations. What what Zoomers? I guess they're called Zoomers, gener Generation Z. Um, I'm Generation X. We're the forgotten ones, but we don't have to talk about that. Uh, but Generation Z, the Zoomers, they have some expe expectations around uh, hiring practices and talent acquisition and what they think they're going to experience when they look for a job. What, what's going on there? Yeah, so a uh, great question. You know, I think the first piece that I think is really fascinating that we found, and we look at the ISIM system data um, to give people a sense of the scale we're talking about. You know, there's about 120 million applications processed in, in last year during the pandemic in 2020, um, resulted in about 3.8 million hires, so pretty significant there. But what I think is really interesting about class of report is we also survey college students and we survey um, folks who recruit and hire college students. So I think we get to see this really interesting kind of side by side of what the seniors uh, expect entering into the workforce and then what recruiters or companies are expecting as they bring them in. And one of the, the big call outs of sort of separate expectations right now is salary. Um, there's a pretty significant jump right now in the salaries that we're seeing being offered to class of 2021. Um, even from what was the class of 2020, those who did actually get hired from that class, um, you know, it's a pretty safe, it was a 22% increase year over year. I think that probably speaks a lot to the, the labor situation we're facing right now. Um, but interestingly enough, there's about a $15,000 difference. So class of 2021, the seniors said they expected to make about $52,000, give or take, um, entering the workforce, whereas employers were expecting to pay about $66,000. That's a pretty significant gap. Um, that we're seeing just from a data perspective on, you know, $15,000 on the table, especially when you start your career, that's a pretty significant number. Yeah. Um, the other sort of sort of place that we're not seeing great alignment between the class of and employers of the workforce, I'd say, and it's a very hot topic right now, is about uh, do we work virtually, do we work in an office? I know this is this is buzzing right now across the <laughs> nightly news, right? Um, but and you, know, I'll, I'll, you said that you're Gen X, right? I'll, I'll admit I'm a millennial um, 
And to me, uh, as a mom of two, working from home has had its positives, it's had its negatives. We could go into that. We probably do a whole nother webinar on that one. But um, I think in general, amongst most of us around my our age ranges, uh, the work from home or the flexibility is huge. I would say it's, you know, it's top of surveys. Everyone's saying this is big. Whereas only 2% of college seniors said they wanted a full-time, zero days in the office, um, you know, position. And I think that that's a really interesting number as we think about it to say, like, no, they don't, they want to go back. Um, and, yeah. you know, I think that that's a pretty significant gap between expectations as companies talk about everyone's going remote or they're not. How do we recruit this class? What, what, before we get to Nicole, because I, I want to yeah. uh, get some feedback from you, Nicole, on what you're seeing from your perch there at iSIMS vis-a-vis what Rhea is talking about. But before we get to that, I'm really, really intrigued by this work from home thing. Um, and I'm, my mind is churning here. I'm thinking, so, you know, frankly, myself, work from home, that's great, you know. Um, it's so much uh, more convenient. I have I have all these other things I need to do. Um, pick up the girls from daycare, all sorts of things, you know. Uh, what do you think is driving? So they want to work. They want to be at the office. What, what's this all about? So if I had to take a guess, <laughs> and I love Raya's, uh, Raya's input there as well. So um, if I had to take a guess, and I think it could be around as you are starting your career, the opportunity to learn, learn with individuals of, you know, the, I would say the same um, uh, class that you're coming into. So, you know, when we think about early career individuals, we do try to hire, you know, in a a class model if we can, so that they're able to go through enablement and training together and, you know, graduate, if you will, as they are starting their journey, um, sort of moving from that back uh, backpack to briefcase kind of experience. Mm. And when you think about, you know, learning from peers, learning from uh, your, you know, inline manager, your subject matter experts, it's a little bit harder and, you know, to do if you're just doing it on Zoom. It's very purposeful. You have to reach out to X person and say, hey, you know, can I shadow you on this? Or, hey, do you have five minutes? Love to grab your time, hear your thoughts from that training we just did. Whereas if you're in the office, the opportunity to hear, you know, others on the phone, see how other people are taking that project on, or even just saying, hey, neighbor gut check like can you just look over my shoulder to make sure I'm I'm doing this right I know that we learned about this at today's training so I think it's it's very much accomplished it, it can be accomplished in a remote environment we've you know we've hired many people <laughs> if you will in a remote environment in the last uh, 18 months or so some of those who are recent graduates but I do think that there's that opportunity or that want to have you know a person that you can kind of you know, I don't want to say commiserate with, but like who's going through you uh, through the same experiences that you are and, mm -hmm. and have that sort of gut check, especially when you're earlier in your career, not to say, you know, as a professional with more experience, than I probably want to admit, I am also, I would say millennial cusp where, you know, X, Y, depending upon who you're talking to. <laughs> um, so more experience than I'd like to admit, I still have to, you know, rely on my peers and, you know, and gather employees together to say, we have to do some brain share here because right now we can't hear everybody in the office or even those that were remote prior to joining, like have an intentional conversation with them and the team for, for these types of opportunities. So it is, it is much more intentional, but to, you know, your point, Brent and, and Rhea, 
I also have two kids and the opportunity for flexibility. And, and I would say having an employer such as iSIMS respect that flexibility model um, is vital, vital to, you know, my continued success, my team's continued success. I just feel, and again, I don't want to overstate or overstep what somebody who's just graduating may feel, but it is, you know, they have gone through this whole learning experience at school up until the last year, most likely in person. And now you're saying this very big event where you are now stepping into that first employer's office is going to be virtual. It doesn't feel as, you know, Hey, who, who am I going to be working with? Like, where are the bathrooms again? Like, where's the best place to eat? You don't get that as much. So I'll pause. I don't know, Ray, if you wanted to, to step in as well, or Brent, you had a follow-up to that. I mean, I'll just say one thing too, to remember, I always try to put myself kind of in their shoes and it's impossible this year because none of us went through what this class went through. Um, but they got a lot taken away from them, right? So they, if we think about class of 2021, their junior year wasn't definitely not what anybody expected. Their senior year, I mean, depending on the college or whatnot, they may have gotten some semblance of a senior year, but nothing like any of the rest of us had of our senior. I mean, really think back on your senior year of college. It was a, it was a very fun time in life. Yeah. Um, they, they may not have even gotten a graduation they may, there's some, they definitely didn't probably get their junior year internships, which normally turn into full-time positions where they already have those relationships built in the company, or they know what to expect, or they've got that experience and that comfort level to say, you know, I'll be frank when we went remote and I'm, I'll be like Nicole and admit I'm more years into my career than I, than I really want to calculate it. For me, it was uncomfortable to figure out how to navigate this. And how do I have my first session with my mentor who I know and have known in person, but the first time on zoom, it, it was a little awkward to be honest. And I didn't know how to have certain situations with my employees that we would normally have in a face-to-face one-to-one that I had to call them on the phone or the zoom call and have, we all felt that uncomfort. And we were in positions where we had already been there in a, you know, a pre-pandemic world. So you think of this poor class, right? They didn't really get their junior year. They didn't get their internships. They, did, they didn't get a normal senior year of college. Maybe they got something. Uh, again, graduations, all of those sort of like life milestones were either taken away or were very, very different looking than previous classes. And now you add, this is like the last really, you start your career, this is your last big, I remember my first day of work, right? And I was so excited, my mom took me shopping and I bought suits and now I'm like, oh gosh, please don't make me wear a suit. But it, it, that was like, I, I did it. You know, I graduated college, I'm a grown up now, this is my next thing, I work in corporate America and things now that I'm, I'm like, oh, I have a half an hour after work, right? At the time that was huge, I was gonna get to meet leaders face to face and they want that experience. They've had so many of these other experiences I think taken away from them and they've had to do college via Zoom or graduation via Zoom or internships that now this is an opportunity that they're saying, I want what everybody else got is you know, frankly one of the things that I think leads to that. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they're okay with some flexibility. It's not to say they want five days a week, 40 plus hours in person, um, but they, they aren't sort of leaning in the camp of wanting to be completely remote, sort of void of any you know, three-dimensional interaction. It's a rite of passage. I mean, you know, it, it's a huge rite of passage and, and, and there's, there's a getting back to expectations. There's an expectation of what it's going to be like in it. And you're right. What's, what's the next big event after this? They, um, they can rent a car when they're 25 or something like that, which no, nobody uh, remembers that one. Uh, but, but in any event, um, you know, when you described what their senior year has been like, you know, all this, I, I honestly, I, 
no joke, I felt sad. I, I felt sad for them. I felt it hadn't really dawned on me the totality of it all until just now, you know, because we've all been like, we got power through, we can do it, you know, or can do, which is all great, you know, but now, now really reflecting back, I mean, these people were really robbed of some major things in their lives. You know, I mean, first world problems, I guess, but, but at the same time, you know, hey, we all want to be first world. Um, not to get too philosophical. I, one thing that's really interesting to me is this emerging, what I'm hearing is this emerging really hybrid environment, hybrid working environment, uh, where, where, there, I, I, where do you think that's going? This is, we're kind of veering off the path a little bit of the report, but I think it's related. So this is kind of a two-part question. A, uh, do you think we're moving sort of permanently to a hybrid scenario in work, A and B, um, whether we are permanently or just for the time being for a few years or whatnot, how can technology, talent acquisition technology um, and, you know, internal talent acquisition technology, you know, like internal hiring, all that, how can that help? How can that, you know, what, what's the best sort of, you know, um, what's the best setup for your technology around that? So I'll take A. Maybe we'll we'll give B to Nicole. Uh, <laughs> sure. I think I think we were always headed towards this more hybrid, more flexible, you know, direction. I think the pandemic incredibly escalated the pace in which we were getting there, and I think that where um, employers, employees, different businesses. I think, you know, certain industries were more apprehensive. Certain industries were starting to do it more and more. Like we already saw some companies doing this already when you think of kind of Silicon Valley and tech, especially. And then you had some of the older, uh, more established industries, I will say that were a bit more apprehensive. And I think that what the pandemic did is it caused everybody who wasn't just a complete essential business to just figure it out. And there was no more pushback of, what's well, always been this way because it, it could not be that way last year. And I think while we may, it's not, you know, the pendulum swung very far one way. I don't think it's gonna swing all the way back, but the, it takes that excuse off the table of, well, I don't know, how would we do it if somebody wasn't in our office? Well, we all weren't in our office for the last 18 months and we figured it out, we did it, right? <laughs> so I think that from now on, and I remember having conversations, Nicole and I work closely in recruiting and we, um, we used to recruit some really, really hard to fill roles. And we'd have conversation of, well, can, you know, I know most of the team is in New Jersey, but could we go and find, you know, there's only so many people that do X, Y, Z, can we hire them anywhere? And it was like, we could, but I don't need to be the first time and no one wants to be the first time, right? Yeah. Now that that's totally off the table. It's like, we've done that and it went, it went fine. The, you know, the world kept turning, the business kept going. We're clearly capable of the technologies there, the systems are there. Um, we're, we're all used to it now. And I also think there's a level of empathy where physically, I want to go back to the office a good amount of time but I now have empathy to that person who won't be there. And the next time we're on a Zoom call, but some of us are in person, it's not going to be, oh, don't forget there's someone on camera. I think we're all kind of wired now to feel for that for those people. Um, but I do think we will be going back to some sort of hybrid and I'll draw back to the class of 2021 kind of conversation. Um, it'll be really interesting because you have these different generations and you really have kind of the older millennial generation managing now um, and you have that they may be managing these Gen Zs and whereas they value so much this flexibility and not having to be physically there, um, but we're finding the class of and this, this younger generation wanting that FaceTime. So I think it's a little bit of a call to action to 
not just the TA and HR departments, but to managers across the business to say, this is something you should know these people want, because if you want to make them, you know, feel included, be successful, advance in our business, that you as mentors and leaders need to kind of keep in mind their desires are very, very different than, you know, than my own or our own collectively. Yeah, yeah, that's there's some interesting things around that. So getting back, this is perfect segue to the technology piece of the question, right? That there's, there were early, we've all heard of this and I, I forget who came up with it, but this is, is the bell curve, you know, where the technology adoption bell curve and you know, the, the, the early adopters, there are several deviations and it's actually over here, but so you guys, it'll look like this <laughs> way over, you know, the early adopters, right? And then, and you have the, the others that kind of, come in next and you have the laggards or whatever okay so everyone became like we had the early adopters but because of the pandemic everyone was forced into being the next batch of adopters and a lot of people you know uh you know they they weren't happy about it but they did it because they had to and you could probably argue that a lot of them figured you know hey this wasn't so bad we were able to make it happen you know and some of them just you know will 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 ditch you know ditch a smartphone and go back to the flip phone you know there'll be those people right though and but then a lot of them will just be like yeah you know it's a happy medium i, I think that's interesting yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh really accelerate i i like to say that 2020 was it was a wormhole um and i'm not a star trek nerd but for some reason i know what a wormhole is <laughs> but yeah we're so much closer to the future of work now than we thought we'd be by now a year and a half ago it's 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 really crazy um, well, i think it will also be interesting though to watch how we that has to catch back up so i think the other thing to kind of keep in <clears throat> mind is we made all these changes with everyone you know for our at least for our own business right with everyone completely remote well now that we go back to hybrid there's a whole nother set of changes of how do these two worlds we had i love your wormhole reference how do those two worlds now collide when some people are in an office, some people are not in an office? You know, how do we now navigate this sort of third tier, which is a little bit of both? Right, right. Are we in some, not to take the metaphor too far, but are we in some hyperspace time travel mode where we 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 rematerialize too soon and half our bodies are, you know, fused with the, um, with a, you know, like a, a building or something? And not to go too far, to, but Nicole, Let's get back to HR technology here, you know, talent acquisition technology. How do you think the technology can help to facilitate this hybrid um, work environment that's clearly, clearly emerging? Yeah, of course. So um, I, I think it really does go to technology in its essence is to elevate what you've already been doing um, and really elevate process, elevate experience. And when you think about the HR technology space, it truly is about how are you allowing for the human behind the technology to get more in front and automate or elevate things um, to make it more seamless on the back end so that, again, you're spending more time on those value-added conversations. You're spending more time putting your organization at the, I would say, at the forefront with respect to what candidates or prospective employees are being able to digest and see. So when I think about the talent attraction strategy and, and how it's really taken, I would say light years, uh, if you're, you're still using the met metaphor or not, but it's really gone light years in the last couple of uh, years with respect to what 
candidates are asking for and how much more information they're getting upfront before talking to a person so that a person's spending less time on some of the, I would say facts and figures and more time getting to know the person and ensuring that they would be that right person at that right time with the right opportunity. I'll give you an example. So right now, video is huge. Our video studio tool, we've started to incorporate in a number of different areas of our process. And part of that is about allowing for future employees, candidates uh, to see who they be working with. You talk about how are these uh, how are these technologies elevating those experiences? Again, continued engagement, whether it's a person applying to a role today um, or if they've applied, being able to engage with them. You mentioned text, we use text <laughs> throughout the process. I remember yeah. my during new hire meetings, people would mention that they, to get a text from the recruiter just to say, hey, just wanna make sure you didn't have any questions before you talk to uh, you know this hiring manager, so excited to hear back from you. And again, it's about that continued engagement model because it is not always just about you know an A to B type of process. It may be A, B, C to Z before that person ends up joining your business. But every touch point you're having is about how are you elevating that experience? So I think these tools and technologies are amplifying that. And when you think about tools on the back end where candidates may not see it, thinking of some of the AI functionality, some of the features, again, it really does go back to how are you building products to, again, raise the bar from bringing the human back into the process, at least from an HR perspective. I, yeah. yourself. I don't know if you have anything to add there. I just think that the other thing to look at the last year and a half is just how fast things change and how, you know, I don't want to say pandemic because it has nothing to do with COVID, but 2019 and prior, things like career sites, for example, or your, your EVP didn't change that often, right? You rebranded your career site about as often as you rebranded your company because they're really, you know, you, every so many years, right? You change little bits in here and there, and maybe some words as benefits shift a bit, but there really wasn't drastic change in how you as a business present yourself. And I think over the last year and a half, it feels like every three or four months, we need to significantly shift, you know, oh, for example, when we're going through, you know, Q2, Q3 of last year, all of a sudden messaging around like stability, longevity of your business became critical because that's what became attractive to applicants. Um, I have conversations with a lot of our customers who are in essential business where they say on a regular basis, we need to change the messaging, the imagery on our site because, you know, you can't, you can't in 2021 have a career site that doesn't have masks on, but now we're getting into a place where if you're not using masks in your workforce anymore, well, then do we need to get new images up that don't have them? And, you know, the what is it like to um, work at your business is shifting all the time. And as we think about things like, well, again, I keep wow, I'm tying back to class of 2021. As we think about attracting them, well, the, the career site, the messaging we would have built as a business is, you know, we're remote, but together, even just three months ago, well, now we're starting to open our offices back up. So it's, we need to be attractive to the older talent and say, you know, you have the flexibility, but we also need that messaging out there to the younger talent that says it now is that we know class of 2021 wants to go work in an office. So how do we get a testimonial up about how nice it is to be back in the office? And how do we do that without having to call an agency or our marketing department or software engineers to build a website? I think the tools and the tech and things like Video Studio and um, our career sites products actually enable the, the actual TA teams to say Nicole and her team can go make changes in our message without needing, you know, a six month turnaround time. Because 
right now it's like if you did it six months ago you'd have done it completely different than what we're doing today right yeah so much to to unpack um right now um between what both of you said so and and i'm not going to attempt to to unpack it all but (laughs) a couple things that come out at well here's one common denominator or, or or theme i think i got to thinking about this is that you know Technology, I mean, it's really about facilitating communication. I mean, that's really what it is. At the, it's all about the communication, you know, facilitating uh, a frequency, a high, le- a high frequency of, converse, of, of communication and in a high uh, caliber of, you know, quality of that communication. Those, those two things are paramount. And if the, the extent that your technology can support those, um, the better off you are. Um, and it, what also occurred to me though, is that it's that pace of communication is partially driven by uh, this sort of, you know, hyper, hyper um, a news cycle that we're in right now. It's, it's, that, that to me is, so there's this, this sort of um, macro, um, constantly changing, you know, what we would call the ecosystem that we're living in, right? It's, it's changing and it's affecting everyone. And so it needs, so it's, it's necessitating agility. That's what I was trying to get at is agility. So organizations, they need agility too. So, so you need, you need free, you need technology that's going to handle a high frequency and a high quality and caliber of communication. And also that supports, your agility as an organization. Um, so to me, that that seems to be the the essence of, of the of where technology intersects with all of this. And that and that's huge. That's super huge. I want to just let's let's switch gears a little bit here, getting back into the report a little bit more. Um, I know we've talked about quite a bit about work from home and uh, Zoomers' expectations or what their desire is in that in that regard. What are it, what are some of the other findings from this report that really really struck you? So I think one of the big ones that, and I've loved Nicole's kind of thoughts from from being sort of on the ground uh, doing this, but I think one of the big ones again with the difference between companies and Gen Z, and this one was really surprising to me, frankly, um, is that 97% of HR departments plan to keep using video tools to hire at least through the next 12 months. I, again, going back to our conversation of do we think it's going to swing the pendulum all the way back? But to me, that stat says no. But what's really interesting is that 80% of college graduates believe that they actually present themselves better in person than on video. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's one of those where I think I kind of stepped back and I was like, wait, this is the TikTok generation. And this is, you know, they they FaceTime, you know, this is a very natively video generation. Like that's their comfort zone in the way that, you know, maybe my generation was a little more phone call or text, right? But I think one of the things that as I, again, kind of have to step back and try to put myself in their shoes to think about is they use those technologies socially and they're learning or they're uncomfortable with how to use those same technologies or skills professionally. Um, Whereas I really only use these technologies professionally. I have to be honest, I don't, you know, really FaceTime or Zoom my friends. Um, So they're a little bit uncomfortable in knowing how, what are the different behaviors and what are, you know, 
how do I show corporate self uh, via FaceTime, via video interview, via recorded video of myself, as opposed to how I might do it on, on a social and social media type engagement. And these are all pause and go to Nicole, because um, I know you're you know, speaking with uh, these folks every single day. Are you seeing that from our side? Yeah. yeah, so I, I think it's it's definitely a fair point when you're trying to separate how you use technology in your non-working life versus your, your working life. And for those that are just entering the workforce, and if you're talking about the class of 2021 who may not have actually had an internship, this would may in, in fact be their first time dealing in a sort of corporate setting. So uh, I think part of the opportunity, at least from a talent acquisition professional perspective is to provide comfort and, and ensure that, you know, we, we recognize some of these tools and technologies may not be what you use on a day-to-day -day basis, um, which is where we may start. Did you wanna start with just a phone call? And then we can move to video call and being, provide to, uh, being able to provide that level of comfort um, so that individuals feel they can bring their, their best selves to, to those interview processes. Uh, and I will share, and again, this was when we were back in an office situation and um, not last year, but I remember our early career recruiters talking about they don't want to do even phone calls they want they want to do a texting like anytime they like they get no phone calls no texting they just want to you know have their work speak for themselves and again this was a couple of years ago when you're talking about interviewing for internships and really it was that in-person on-campus interview that they thought that that's where you shine so now that you saw my resume now that we've kind of gone through that first round I want to shine in person um, so that I can you know get feedback and I think that that's you know critical that um, a lot of individuals know especially those entering the workforce it's more of what can I do better so even if it doesn't go well now that you're telling me hey you know with video you may want to consider backing up or hey I know that this can be stressful like let's just ease into the conversation a little bit to get you a little bit more acclimated until we start going into the harder questions or give you, you know, that, that two minute prep time to get your bearings, if you will, until we start getting into more of the conversation to understand what you're looking to do. Um, but I do feel at that earlier career side, because you haven't necessarily define the path that you're on, there's a lot of opportunity to, you know, say, have you thought about X role? You know, you display these soft skills, you display these digitally um, advanced skills. I know you're positioning yourself for this role, but had you thought about this role? And I know here at iSIMS, we've had a lot of great success sort of suggesting, you know, opportunities that somebody may not have applied to saying, hey, as a recruiter, my job is to, to find the right role and make sure that you are excited by it and make sure that those motivations align. And I know you applied to X and that could be because you applied knowing with what you have or what information you have on hand. But had you thought about a career in sales? You talk about, you know, retail, you talk about these. So again, I think that there's opportunities to really bring that human back into the process and, and use some of these skills, I would say some of these tooling that you're talking about to really enhance that conversation or enhance what they know already before they even get to you. Is that helpful? I don't know if I went off on a different tangent, but. <laughs> it's all helpful. That's, that's great stuff. I, I, you know, that gets me back to, you know, that gets us back to, to AI a little bit, right? You know, so there could be some natural language processing built into the, um, the, uh, the employee or, or, or into the communication technology, right? And it captures, and maybe, maybe it's able to suss out some of the soft skills that an employee may not know, may not be aware that they, 
that they would be a good salesperson, for instance, right? You know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're getting into that, that, you know, bleeding edge stuff. But I think, I think that's super interesting. One thing is around video technology. Um, so first of all, around technology in general and, and what, um, what uh, the Zoomers want to do in the professional setting. And, you know, I think it was interesting, you know, this idea that they actually, they see it as more of an old school non-tech environment or they want to present themselves in person and all this, or maybe they see it. Uh, I have to unpack that. <laughs> all sorts of things come to mind. I have all sorts of, you know, sort of ideas around that, why that might be so. But I would have thought that it would be so I was just as surprised as, as you folks were, you know, by that, because I would have thought that there'd be a real fluidity there. Like they, they just want to use the, the texting for everything, right. Or the, uh, or the, or the video for everything. Right. So that, that was uh, very uh, surprising to me. The, but I would imagine a lot of organizations would want to use video, continue using video technology in their uh, recruiting efforts, especially at the, at the um, at the uh, the beginning stages of the recruiting, they don't necessarily want to, uh, you know, pay to fly somebody in or or um, all this sort of stuff. Or maybe there's somebody who's who you know it's just easier for them to do that initial screen via video as opposed to you know in person. Maybe there's a logistical you know uh, rationale that makes sense and whatnot. And it's a real money saver, I think, for hiring organizations. Um, so I, also, you know, if I could pause, it's also not just a money saver as in like dollars on the books right now, but it's a time saver. So I can think of, you know, Nicole doesn't know I'm going to bring this up, but um, Nicole is actually the person who recruited and convinced me to come to ISIMS. She was fantastic. Awesome. Um, and I remember my interview process. Now I've been at ISIMS for almost five years now. Um, but I remember Nicole reaching out to me day after an interview and saying, hey, that went really well. We have a couple more people we'd like you to meet with. The next time they're all going to be in the office together is three weeks from now. So in two to three weeks, we're going to have you back in for another onsite. And I wasn't in a hurry. So like that was all fine. Um, but with the labor shortages we're having right now and the fact that candidates that are actively looking are getting multiple offers very quickly, in that same world now, I might have had three other companies that made me an offer in those three weeks while we waited for the schedule to work out for me to come on site and meet three executives. Um, and now with the ability to do video, it could have been two of them are going to be on site and one's going to be a Zoom call and we can get you in tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Nicole has found scheduling. I'm sure her scheduling life has gotten a lot easier when it's able to just look at a calendar block. And if you need to meet with three people, it doesn't need because they're not in person, it doesn't need to be back to back to back. It's okay mm. if there's a half hour, an hour gap where you, you know, when you've got a lot of tight calendars to deal with. And we have just across the board, across almost every single industry, time to fill is significantly declined. Um, and that using these tools are helping employers that are finding talent and helping them sort of land and lock them in kind of faster than ever. So you, you save dollars as in, you know, travel budgets and that kind of thing, but there's also dollars saved as in, you know, how much does an empty seat cost you for those week or two extra of time to fill? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we uh, did a case study uh, earlier this year. Um, it was a, uh, a, a, uh, uh, sorry, affordable housing management company. And they, they span across, you know, I think 13 states, they're, they're huge in terms of the geographic footprint. 
kind of a just a sort of a uh, right on the cusp of large of a you know of a very small medium sized organization versus a very large small organization, but you know they they really leveraged video technology for for recruiting. Uh, the, the person who started there, she she started in her uh, role leading HR the day that the lockdowns began in the state where their headquarters are. And so immediately, she, this is actually really interesting. She asked to have communicate internal comms rolled into her role as well. And so uh, she did all of that together. And, and that was just, that was something that really helped them to, to, to decrease time to fill during, you know, a very uh, disruptive time and all these sorts of things. So it was, it was super interesting. And I, you know, so to me, it just seems that this stuff is, um, well, it goes right back to agility and flexibility. So it's technology again, making and uh, enabling the organization to be, to be agile. Um, great stuff, great stuff. Super, super interesting report. The class of 2021 report by ISIMS. Um, uh, available at the website for download. Um, thank you so much for being our guests here on HR Tech Chat. This has been a, a very illuminating conversation, uh, really good stuff in that report. Uh, I think we have a lot to think about as we get to the, to the next normal uh, following the last year and a half. I like that. The next normal. And it's not new anymore and it's not normal. So yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you Take for care. having us. Thank you. Bye-bye.